You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast brought to you by ascully.com. And here are your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. Hello, 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 Sid Talk. Hello. Hello, hello British. Hello. <laughs> there was a British, a Pardon. French, and a German. <laughs> we were just discussing, before the After The Show discussion included, because as you were reading some of your funny reviews about this movie... What does everybody in every country call themselves? In our vernacular, I can say, I am an American. And I can say, I am American. You can say, I'm a Brit, which you say is slang. Yes. Or you can say, I am British. Yes. So then I was like, well, what is a French person? What do you say? Because saying someone is a French. <laughs> it's like That's not right. It doesn't sound right, but then I looked it up. It's very hard to figure out. No. Because the only list I could find said you're just called a French citizen. Listen to the beginning of this joke. An Irishman, <laughs> an Englishman, and a French. <laughs> well, a Frenchman. Right. That yeah, would see? Work. But then you've excluded half of the population. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or more than half. Who knows? But An Irish, a German, and a French went into period. a bar. Yeah. So when I looked, <laughs> it's like most everything at least in English, ends with I-A-N-S or A-N-S, you know, an Austrian, Australian. So you could say, I am an Australian or I am Australian, right? I am German or I am what? It just says German. (laughs) I am a germ. I'm a, I'm a what? What do you say? Um, a German. One, the French citizen thing, then there's Dutch. Do you just say, I am Dutch or I am a... Dane. Dane, he doesn't say that, but I've heard that before. Yeah. There's just so many. So if anyone's listening from other countries, and it's pure ignorance on my part that I don't know, and also English is going to change. Those endings aren't going to fit in every language, the A-N-S thing or whatever. So um, I'm just curious. Like, when you do refer to someone from another country... I don't want to insult someone. My ours are pretty simple. You know, you can just say you're British. I'm American or an American. You wouldn't say I'm a U.S. You're going to insult somebody, <laughs> whatever you say. <laughs> yeah, true. Someone else invented <laughs> these words for us as well. But something could be derogatory or like they just roll their eyes at you. Like, like I'm not a French. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. I'm, like a I'm French. not a Canada. Like a French roll, you know, I'm not like a, I'm not a French. You're definitely not exactly. a French. Exactly. And that's the thing that's changed. You know, when I was growing up, let's not say how old I am. I'm 51. But even when I was younger, I mean, it's an unfortunate thing, but it's changed in time that people from Asia, anyone Chinese or Asian was referred to as Oriental. Now that would come from history and we'd creeped in all of our social, all of our entertainment stuff. Now, you say Asian, because that makes sense. You're from the continent of Asia. And if you say someone is Oriental, then I have had someone say to me, I'm not Oriental. Rugs are Oriental. You know, exactly. a vase is Oriental. I am, an, I am an Asian person. So that's why I would be curious. That's, that's the before the So if discussion. you're French, what are you? If I refer to... If <laughs> what I say, are you? <laughs> if I say, here's... Uh, if I say, there's a German... Or I say, there's an Italian. What do I say? Do I say there's a French? It's not a Frenchian. (laughs) There's a French. It doesn't, it's not right. And so many of them have I-A-N-S on the end. Haitian, you know, Mexican, Tibetans. That's not I-A-N-S, but the N-S thing seems to have tagged on to. Whatever that means in Latin or ancient Greek, who knows, as the suffix. I'm an Italian, I'm a German, I'm a French. It's not right. French is not right. Right, because you're right. You would say, I'm a French croissant. Yeah, I'm a French roll. <laughs> or maybe we've got it all wrong. Maybe. Anyway. So this is not a linguistics class podcast. <laughs> no. So um, it is the weekend of Saturday, March the 23rd. This is after the show 575. We're a movie review podcast. We review a movie every week. This week, we're looking at the movie Overlord. It's a 2018 movie. It's out on Blu-ray and 4K and digital now. It's rated R, 
and it's from our friends at Paramount who sent us a copy for review, Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of Overlord. Hmm. World War II, coming up on D-Day, um, sort of zombies included. Yeah. I know it's. I know it's not. Um, what was it called? Dead snow. No, it's another zombie uh, Nazi. I actually movie. wouldn't say there's zombies in this. To no, be it's reanimation. Yeah, like almost not Frankenstein because they're not all sewn together. But it's a bit Frankensteiny though, isn't it? It the is Nazi experimentation. Yeah, co- resulting in dead people coming back to life. True. Which is zombies. Yes. Um, so Overlord is. I'm, I'm oversimplifying it, of course. Yeah, Overlords from a Bad Robot, produced by J.J. Abrams and his people. And it is, this is my take on it for a synopsis, it's a big-budget B-movie. Do you think that is the... Um, I don't know if it's a B-movie. Like a... like a. Because would you call 28 Days Later a B-movie? Um, no, because that had a fairly big budget too, right? Right, I'm saying though, what what do you what do you think makes a B movie? Is Shaun of the Dead a B like movie? A, all right, all right, let's say like a genre movie, like they say on extras always. They're all genre movies. I know they are, but I think when they refer to genre movie in Hollywood, they refer to horror or who's um, they? Sci-fi. I don't the think the people that's on true. extras. Whenever you watch them, I don't know. Blu-ray extras. They say, "Well, we're working on a genre movie, and it's always a horror movie." What they're talking about? Anyway, mm. this is a horror movie, but it isn't also. I would liken it. Um, does the cover imply a horror movie to you, even? It doesn't to me. It implies a war movie, possibly, because because of the font. Uh, um, the font looks a little bit like horror to the me. The blood splatters are paratroopers coming out of a plane. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean... I, that could be a war movie, right? They're not like no, putting a zombie on the front blood splatters bed. does indicate to me violence... That also is war, but more horror. But what I like in uh, this movie, what I was saying to you, is if you came into this blind completely, if you've not seen the trailer, and uh, you could be fooled into thinking it's just a war movie, right? For the first 35 minutes, maybe. And convincingly. Yeah. Like I mentioned to you from Dust Till Dawn. Yep. Which is one thing and... Or Shaun of the Dead in the first few bits. Yeah, it starts off as one thing, ends up as... It t- it turns a corner at one point where you're like, whoa, whoa, I didn't, I, I didn't expect this. And this movie also does that, but it's not quite as jarring as when you when we first went, when we both first saw Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> I was, it was like, oh, this is a Quen- this is like a Quentin Tarantino movie. It's like why it's two dudes. They're one of them's a murderer. It's it's like a crime thing. I didn't even think of it like <clears> that. I was just watching it. And then I was watching it with a friend of mine. And we both, we were just in the living room. He's in his chair. I'm laying on the couch. And I sat up and we just looked at each other. I mean, like, seriously, like, what the hell is going on? We had no clue. Are we went on videotape. <laughs> and I loved it. Were you Quentin Tarantino? No. I no, didn't even <clears> know who he was, really. See, I'd gone to it specifically because it was a Tarantino film. I didn't know what it was about, though. Right. But he was there, and I was like, well, this is... I've watched Pulp Fiction. This this got that kind of dialogue. It's quippy and snappy. And then I was like, oh, they're going to this cool bar. Well, this place is cool. And then all of a sudden, as you know, if you've seen it, it's a bloodbath. And you're like, whoa, what? This kind of does that, but not as... It's not as... It's not... It doesn't feel like it's aiming to do that. So we've already spoiled it, basically. We didn't say spoilers already, but that kind of... There are spoilers you. in our review. But if you've seen the trailer, there, actually the trailer to this movie shows you a lot of it. I saw the trailer before I saw the movie. Mm. And the trailer actually blows the wad, really. It shows the end sequences. I didn't know there were, there were the end sequences when I was watching the trailer, but they kind of are. So um, it doesn't try and hide it. It wants you to come and see a movie with you know, horror in it. But the way it starts, you know, it's like a war movie, isn't it? It's... Absolutely. It's played... It's not played tongue-in-cheek. It's played kind of serious. It's horrific, as in the horror of war. You see people being exploded and people getting shot. And there's a plane crash and there's a... You know, they're in the forest and it's... It feels like you're watching Saving Private Ryan, something like that. Um, 
But then there are these small, you know, these small things where you're like, oh, this seems a bit weird, you know, when they see the thing on the floor. Yes, there's a tiny little... But it doesn't go overboard. It's not like, oh, there's creatures running about in the woods. It's not like that. No, no. It's like, oh, there's a bit of a weird thing. And, oh, we got to this farmhouse and here's a weird, here's a bit weird. But um, it unveils it kind of slowly. And I, I guess, well, reading the IMDb reviews like I do every week, some people didn't like how they called it a slow moving movie. Who are these people? They the, come up every, are these the same people every week? Yeah. Seriously. Because I don't find it, I find it action. It's, it starts with that action sequence in the plane, which is like a massive action sequence, which ends in them in a forest as soldiers, introducing us to them a little bit. And then they go to a place and there's a bunch of action. And then, like the last 30 minutes, it's all horror and action, right? It's, how is that a slow-moving movie? But again, the the horror part just creeps up on you. It does. But you then just when kind it, of walk, stumble into it, just like with Dust Till Dawn, but not like And just that. like the characters in this stumble into it, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't expect that either. So, and when it turns full horror, it just goes full-on horror from that point, right? I mean, it doesn't hide the fact that it's being a, I say, a monster movie, not a zombie movie. I agree. a monster movie. Um, kind of like the old, like old school almost. Like, and I also I've played a lot of video games, including you can't not compare this movie to Wolfenstein the series. You don't know the Wolfenstein movies, but uh, games. But the Wolfenstein games are pretty much this, but a video game version of it. The Nazis are messing around with, you know, the. In the Wolfenstein, it's a bit of the occult and um, bringing people back to life and making super soldiers and that kind of stuff. And you're sent in there to try and... And it really feels like this film, the Wolfenstein thing. Um, But I wouldn't necessarily call this Nazi zombies because Dead Snow is Nazi zombies, right? We've seen Dead Snow. that's, That's a Nazi zombie movie. This isn't this isn't like hordes of the undead coming at you. In fact, how many of these things are there? There's what what two or three maybe? I think total you come in come across about seven of them. Yeah, and some of them are not doing much though, are they? They're just there. Like there's the head thing and the you know? Oh yeah. I mean there are things. Gross things. I'm interested in that. I was just like, oh yeah, that's like um Yeah. There's an old what's well, old movie and an old radio show. Of, I can't remember the name of it now, where somebody's just keeping a guy's brain alive in a jar, you know? Yeah, I know that, yeah. Yeah. Or Reanimator, even. Mm. Which is similar uh, experiments yeah. to this, you know? Yeah. Because what they're trying to do is what, exactly, these Nazi... Well, he said, for a thousand-year war, we need a thousand-year army. Yeah. Oh, so- yeah, there's something a bit deeper than the Nazis... Oh, yeah. It's not fully touched on. It's just kind of hinted at as though you're like, oh. Well, well this, the way I understand it is the Nazis stumbled upon this thing that's been there forever. And whoever has built things on top of it is either to hide it or to keep it away from the public. So it's under a tower, under a church in a little French village. Now they've discovered this goo or ooze or whatever it is way down in the ground or in the well. And now they've decided to turn it into some sort of serum to bring everybody Reanimate. to life and control them. Yeah. Doesn't seem to be working. No, well, it actually does work. It just <laughs> is a bit weird. Well, it doesn't work because they can't control the, the person no, but if once you're dead they've been reanimated. And you be reanim- if you're dead and this serum goes in you, you do come back. Yeah, but you don't. <laughs> you can't get controlled. You'll kill everyone, not right. just the enemy. So that's why they're still experimenting on all kinds of people. The only flaw I found in the movie, and I enjoyed it. I loved the whole thing. I really did. The one comment that the psychotic doctor guy that we all associate with Nazi doctors being horrific human beings um, is that he said, no, we haven't tried it on a living specimen. I'm thinking, really, writers? <laughs> these are <laughs> these are like the worst, this yeah. <laughs> group of Nazis, this guy and these Nazis in this place. I'm not saying Germans are bad. These Nazis have an agenda. And in yeah. all of their experimentation with all the soldiers... They've only that tried it on corpses. Yeah. I'm yeah. so not... I'm so sure that well, we maybe, had to have addressed the fact that they have been jabbing this into their prisoners of war well, or whatever. Well, maybe this Nazi doctor's not 
fully up the chain chain like maybe he he doesn't matter i'm just saying this guy he's yeah. like weird about he's weird he would have tried it on somebody alive that's the only complaint i have about and the, the only thing. complaint i had actually i really liked it i think it was really well made and there's some good acting in it it's not yeah it's and there's some really good special effects also some bad green screen stuff but yeah there is um not nothing like where it ruins it <laughs> you know but there are some special effects that are a bit odd and and feel a bit cheap for a movie of this budget but the thing that disappointed me was like the first three quarters of it where i was talking where it's actually a war movie but kind of hinting at you know something else is going on then when something else does go on it's really fun but it's really predictable and ordinary like it's true nothing there's no surprise after that it's like it's almost like, I mean, I've played more video games than you have, and plots for video games often boil down to what this movie boils down to, which is, we uncover the secret, and then we kill the boss. And in this, it was like a boss battle at the end, right? Like fighting against the big guy. Kind of, but he didn't seem that big and bad. He, was he didn't just, seem that big and bad, yeah. but it felt like, oh, this is the, fi- the final act of this movie, is we have the fight with the big, with the big guy, and we blow everything up which is how video games often come down to it. So I was like, oh, is there anything surprising going to happen? And even the like the epilogue, as, as you know, where you see them talking to each other, even that, I was like, oh, maybe something here will be like a big twist or something cool. But there's nothing like that. It's just what you expect, right? It's, they, find the, they find the zombie experiment things. I won't call them zombies again. I'll call them <laughs> monsters. There's a fight with some monsters. Some people go, some people don't. And then we blow some stuff up and get out of there. And that's it. I mean, it's really fun to watch, but it's not particularly clever, if you get what I mean. True. I don't don't know if you found it um, the same. I mean, obviously, it's just... There's nothing... Unless we found out more about this ancient goo. Right. That could be something... But then that is just going to be something like... Some of the movies where it's just been around forever and ever since the gods created the universe and it's evil goo or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I mean, know how you can come up Indiana with something Indiana Jones original. messed with that concept also, remember? And so did Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. I mean, the... Yeah, also, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, you know, this... So, yeah, it's nothing new as far as, like... If you, if you... At the end of it, you're like, okay, let me just comprehend the whole thing. Well, it's like a war movie. They go in, there's a war movie, and then they fight monsters instead of war, as well as some war, because there's some also just shooting some ran- you know, normal soldiers. But we don't learn a lot, really. And they do kind of wink-wink towards the camera at the end, like there, there might be another one, I think. Kind of. Yeah, like... Now we're going like the for second the big chapter guy. <laughs> of this, you know, will be the... Do you remember in history when, like, Hitler got defeated? Well... Would probably like we would probably explore that part of this, but what if Hitler had a maybe an army of these things? You know, yeah, because that's what they they're going for. So, um, I really liked it. I thought I thought it was super well made. Uh, there's, you know, I didn't find it. I was thinking it was going to be gr- more gruesome than it is because I don't think it's particularly bad in gruesome wise. I mean, it's gruesome, but because it looks kind of fake most of the time, it doesn't quite hit you the same. I like those bags with the people in. Yeah. I like the... There's like bags hanging up, like body bags almost, but it's kind of weird looking. I like the idea of that. It's like if you took a body bag that was yellow, put a body in it, and hung it from hooks along the zipper, you can imagine the shape of it. It just looks That's what it looks like. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It looks gross and dirty and weird. Like, it's just... I liked all that imagery like it that made it creepy but you know it had um as far as like the like i would call it like body horror because it's a lot of like bodies getting deformed and you know like what do you call that where all bodies contort yeah there's a lot of that stuff and if that bothers you yeah some of this will really bother you i guess but for me it's just it's gross while you're watching it but it's not overly gross so the cast of this, um, I thought it was a really good cast. You know what I really enjoyed about this movie? That German people spoke German and they subtitled them, mostly. 
instead of like going the Hollywood route and everybody having a weird German accent, you know? True. Yeah. We always hate it when they make everybody, I mean, everybody does kind of speak English except the peripheral German people. Yeah. But when uh, I I enjoyed that because that doesn't normally happen in like an American movie of this kind. They usually go, well, the Germans will just have a German accent. They'll just be not American actors with a German accent. And I always find that kind of weird and insulting. I like it when the subtitles came up. I was like, oh, that's better. That kind of makes it feel a bit more authentic. Yeah. But and I mean, they still, like, we just happened across a young French woman who has been to America or England. She studied in London, so she knows how to speak English. So that's kind of a coincidence. Yeah. But she also spoke German when she need, when she was speaking to other German people. Mm-hmm. So, um, and she's actually French in real life. <laughs> so there you go. She's a French. <laughs> so yeah um, and some of the acting parts like that like the part where they're in the house and there's the scenes that are going on in there they r- were really dramatic like they weren't even dipping into the horror pool it was just like dramatic dialogue between each other and I kept thinking of Inglorious Bastards or something like that where it's like quippy dialogue between them and it's some of it's funny and you might think well this is about World War 2 what's funny but we know people, along with even soldiers, would have joked to each other, right? I mean, they're in a ridiculous situation that they. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, like it's a tough one. Yeah. So, um, moving on to the cast, and it's I also like this about this. It's a cast of like not people you've really seen a lot before, and that made it a certain feel a certain way. Absolutely, because it wasn't like Tom Cruise pops up and you're like, oh, that's Tom Cruise. It was. Like a bunch of people, and you'd seen some of them before. Maybe you don't know where, but we'll go into them. Um, the hero, the, the well, the guy who we see most of this through is called um, Boyce. He's a um, African American soldier, and he's played by Joven Adipo, and he's very relatable. Like he's, a, I like his character. Because he's kind of, na- it's a bit naive and a bit too innocent, right? Yeah. And he'd feel, I'd be like, that'd be me in this one. I, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, it's just hardcore. Like, And he's this character. He's, um, what did you, did you like him? I did. I thought he was really good because I'm, I'm convinced, not that he's like Mr. Weakling, afraid of everything, even though they all kind of, you know, there's the story about the mouse and, but he plays it like he's, he's he wants good. to do the right thing, but he is prepared to do whatever it takes in the moment to actually take down the correct person, not just like the other guy, Kurt Russell's son, as we found out, who's just like, fuck it, I'm here for one mission, and whoever I, whoever is collateral damage along the way, it just is what it is. But our guy isn't like that, and I was convinced by both of them. So yeah. I liked I liked them both. Uh, Wyatt Russell, as you just mentioned, he plays Ford. I had no idea. I thought he was the guy from Beast. We watched Beast. Yeah. Um, he kind of looks, I looked at him and he's kind of looks like him, but no, he's not him. Yeah. yeah, Kurt Russell's son, who I haven't, I did look at what he'd been in and we have seen him in something before, but, um, not, I didn't know it was Kurt Russell's son until the end of the movie. And then when somebody mentioned it and you said, look at his face, I was like, oh yeah, look, (laughs) you instantly got Kurt Russell's son. Um, I think he did a really good job. He was like, really he was a bit gung-ho like that that soldier, right? He's just like... He was gung-ho, gonna... but worn down at the same time. Yeah. Like, he... I just got to get through this. I'm just going to do it. And and know. he's faced with some crazy shit during this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think he did it well. Um, Matilde Oliver plays Chloe. Um, she's the female in this. Um, you're like, why is there a female in a bunch of soldiers? Um, they find her along the way. She's not a soldier, but somehow she's um, kind of clued into handling herself, right? She's oh, not, yeah. She knows how to use a flamethrower. She uses guns. Well, that's more of a, like, she's just going to know how to do it. So get over it, everybody. <laughs> yeah. And I like the scenes with her. She's cool, and she's like... They they turn her into a bit like a comic book character towards the end, though. You know, when she's flamethrower in it. And, just for a second. Yeah. I, I wasn't bothered by that. But it's no, it's good. I liked it. I, I like to see a flamethrower somebody, and um, she uh, she kicks some ass. She's a French actress. She's actually really new. Like she's not been in much, but I think she did well. Pelou Azbek plays Waffner. He's our bad guy, 
and you all know him from Game of Thrones. Who is he in Game of Thrones? He is Greyjoy's Uncle brother. Greyjoy. Uncle Greyjoy. <laughs> the brother of the dead Greyjoy, father to uh, the guy who had was tormented. Yeah, he's Lily like the, Allen's brother. <laughs> he's like the rock star guy who turns up and he's like, hey, Cersei, I'm going to marry you. That guy. But he's awful. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's really He's awful. got his leather pants on and stuff and he's kind of like, hey, I'm Ugh, awesome. He's awful. Yeah. Well, he's great in this movie. Yeah, he's really good. <laughs> and you know the scene where he comes, before any horror and everything starts up, the scene where he comes to visit Chloe... And it's quite clear that this officer of the SS has been, you know, he's in charge of this town and keeping it under control. And he's been forcing himself on young Chloe here, right? Correct. Um, In exchange for him promising to keep her brother safe safe or whatever. So we get to see this a little bit. And that scene was really tense. And it was like, oh, I know what's going on here. Like, and he's like, is there time for us now? You know, and you're like, ugh, gross. And then, um, you know, he becomes the bad guy. And he's a really good bad guy, and I did enjoy, like I said, it was like a boss fight with him. But it was really cool. Like, it was a, that scene in that, what, what would you call that place with the, the circular room? That's the lab. Yeah, you know. Oh, it's a lab, but it's like, it's got the well of goo in it. The goo well, yeah. So, so they've built their lab around it. But there's a fight in there with him that's pretty hardcore. With the hook and everything. and the, Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> it is hardcore. So I did enjoy him in, in this. Um, John Magaro plays Tibbet, and you said, what did you say he's like? He's like an old radio show guy, you know. Hey, Mac, what's up? What are yeah, you doing over there? He's that Get him over here, let's go play some baseball and shoot some craps. You know, sounds that like, yeah, like um, Al Capone or something. <laughs> Um, and he had his head, his helmet crooked, like all those World War II pictures you've seen of soldiers exactly. with their head crook, hat crooked and their cigarette hanging out of their mouth. He's that guy. I kind of liked him, though, because, like, his character, um, from what he is, you don't realize how awesome he is <laughs> until, like, later on. Yeah, true. Because he is awesome. Like, he, like when it's time to shoot those... He's a really to, good shot. Yeah, he's like a marksman. And not a sniper, but, a, like, a good shot. But, um... He's pretty awesome. Um, I at first I was like, "Oh, he's really annoying! Like, what a caricature!" But what exactly. he becomes is good. And then lastly, I put Ian de Kestica as Chase, and Chase—it's mm, not very good for Chase, is it? Not very good. Uh, I mean, it's good. He's good, but um, it's not good what becomes of no. him. No. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's some. When I mentioned body horror, there's some body horror around this character, and it's really gross. Oh yeah. So this is directed by Julius Avery. He actually has only directed some short films before. This is his first big film. But this film, off the back of this, he's actually, his next film is the Flash Gordon movie that's coming out, like which is the new Flash, big Flash Gordon movie. So I, I, there's definitely some skill in this guy, isn't there, when you watch this movie? It's well directed. It's like everything about it is good. I said to you during this, watching this movie... This is a movie that mostly takes place in the dark, but you can see exactly what's exactly. going on. <laughs> and who did you want to tweet to, to let them know? Well, uh, if you've been watching The Walking Dead recently, the last two episodes uh, have had scenes that take place in the dark that you cannot see what is happening at all. Like It's like, oh, there's a face, there's a face. Oh, I think somebody got shot with an arrow. I don't know who. It, that's how it feels, right, when you're watching it. It's like, uh, Absolutely. Uh, you're like, uh, is that Daryl? That's the back of Daryl's head, is it? Uh, I don't know. Might be, might be Michonne. Who knows? And we understand <laughs> that if it was a zombie apocalypse and we were outside at night, we would not have lights on us. We would have the moonlight. It could be cloudy. It would be dark. And that's reality. But we're watching fiction. And we're watching moving pictures. So to see a picture. And there are movies that do it right. Like, if you go all the way back to... I mean, sure, other movies do, but I think of Alien... When yeah. Ripley's in the thing, and the whole background is black, and then all of a sudden you get little glimmers of... The, the strobe lights, yeah. Well, no. Little glimmer of the light because the alien starts to move just a tiny... You think it's part of the pipes because it's all black up there. So you can't see it until it moves a tiny bit, and then you're like, oh, shit, it's up there. <laughs> yeah. So darkness can be done correctly, 
But this movie, I would say the first like half at least is during the night. But you can see everything. It's like it doesn't have to be that dark. <laughs> yeah. They're in the woods and it's obviously there's no lighting. But you're not going, I don't know who's who and I can't Yeah, there's see not going to come a time in my life when there's a zombie apocalypse and I'm out in the dark in the forest and I go, oh, this isn't what it looked like on that movie. <laughs> it's really dark. You know, it's not going to help me any d- so that I you're give, making black. I give it to like the DP and the designer. Uh, you know what else I was really impressed by? That, that French village that they go to. I was convinced that was a real village while we were watching it. I was like, well, they're just in a French village, right? They're just Definitely. filming this on location. It isn't. It was all a set that they built, and it was all polystyrene, and, you know, it was just fake. And there wasn't a time... I was like, wow, this is so, like, intricate. Look at the village. Like, it's... All of it was a soundstage. In fact, the whole movie was a soundstage, right? It wasn't It wasn't really set out... No. Yeah, all of it. Well, they did have one scene in the extras where they were walking across a field that was a real field, but that was it, I think. The and rest the, of it... the bridge all, was a real... Right. But the majority of the movie you're watching, it's not like exactly green screen. It's actually a built set with some green screen extension stuff. But I don't, it's not like I was looking at it all the time going, oh, that's phony. That looks dodgy. It all looked so good. So, um, yeah, I give it. Uh, IMDb reviews on Overlord. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. We'll go with some bad ones. Oh, uh, Anyway, uh, before we do these, did you love this? Did you like I it? I loved did it. You? I mean, I, you know, I like horror. And so I'm going to be less critical. Other people might say it goes the other direction. If you love a genre, you're more critical. I'm not as much. And I I think when a movie is well made and they introduce me to the characters just enough so they're not just like a cardboard cutout. You could argue that they are. Yeah. Superficially, however... I feel like they did enough with their performances and we got just enough conversation out of them to not just be that guy. Because even the guy with the, you know, hey, come over here and we'll shoot yeah. crap. Even him, there's not a, you don't have a label for him. There's no like, he's the tough guy or he's the wimp or he's the, you know, the guy that they're supposed to be following. Like, he's the hardened soldier. Like, you can't even pin that on him. No. I think that's what makes them better. That gives them a little bit more depth. I mean, because so- you, you're watching it and you're like, yeah, I know this is a horror film, so some of these are going to die, right? You know that. I mean, watching Cor- it. Correct. Well, you don't know it's a horror movie until you're into it. I didn't either, anyway. I mean, you've seen the... Tra- you saw the... Tra- uh, maybe you didn't really No, I didn't. Yeah. Didn't know anything about it. So, yeah, well, let's say you didn't know it was a horror movie. As soon as it starts getting weird... In the oh, even if even as as a war movie, you would know some people are going to die because that's how war movies. Absolutely, yeah. So, but they're not stereotyped. They're not like the jock and the cheerleader, and it's not like that. (laughs) There's something a bit more. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. You you really like? I really liked it too. And horror movies. Um, I wouldn't say I'm like the huge super nerd fan of all horror movies. But I do appreciate some horror movies. And this one, I think, was very well made. And I don't, you don't generally see this type of horror movie made at this level, like budget-wise. Yeah, the They're quality bit, is what elevates it a lot. Right. But, but then some people might say, well, no, it's actually just a cheesy Netflix-type horror movie that you find with a massive budget, right? But, and you could also say that, too, right? Because it's not... It's not hugely clever, the script, right? It's it's not clever, but it's a little a, a little elevated. I, I would say there's something about it. I think that, that not explaining fully the whole goo part right. is good. Yeah? Well, sometimes I like to have that. I don't I'm, like the full you mystery. You like answers generally, though. Sometimes. But this time, I got just enough. And I kind of figured out throughout it. Like, okay, this stuff's just been there. And everybody for thousands of years has just been sort of like covering it up because they know it's bad. But Nazis are bad and they seem to love it. (laughs) So that to me is interesting. All right. So here's the IMDb reviews for this one. Overlord. Number one (laughs) is from T Bridges 51557. I wonder what T Bridges. Oh, you're calling them out even. I wonder what T Bridges 51556 thinks of. 
number <laughs> five one five five seven. <laughs> anyway, this guy says total trash. Oh, total! You're not giving him the voice even. Well, that's just the title. Him. Her. Here's the actual review. Okay. Stupid premise, awful special effects, insane acting, waste of time. <laughs> that's it. Fantastic. Very helpful. Um, so this equals me going, you know what? That has inspired me not to watch that movie. How could that possibly help anyone? This guy, this next one, Prince Joe Collins, <laughs> starts fantastically showing paratroopers going to be dropped behind the enemy lines on D-Day. It's dramatic and tangible, like you're having a past life memory. Sadly, the film then crashes like the plane does. The characters are one-dimensional, as would be expected in a preschool kid show. <laughs> the storyline has more holes than a pepper pot. It's definitely not a horror film, and it's a poor action film as well. Any Stallone, Van Damme, or Arnold Schwarzenegger movie has ten times the depth this bag of garbage has. Interesting. Helpful. Very helpful. Again. Next one's, um, Albeit Ted... He says, garbage. <laughs> they made a boring zombie Nazi movie. Zombies don't show up for over an hour into the movie. In the meantime, five dudes chill with a German and a French in a farmhouse yucking it up. If you're looking for nonsense writing and overacting, then watch this movie. Yeah, my question from that comment was, what, where, where's the yucking up and what do you call a French person? So yeah, that's, that's, how where, we got that's into what we got from <laughs> Um, I learned some no I got some knowledge though, not from that review, but from researching a little nugget of information he threw out there. She or he, I don't know. Let me get let me get one more before we leave these. Uh, uh, Lenora Balazas says this was not a war movie. It was a horror movie of the poorest caliber. Three of us in my group walked out because we found it to be ridiculous. Wow. Again. I guess they expected a war movie. So it got them. Right. <laughs> they must have thought it was a war movie and then it wasn't. And then they were like, what? Let's go with one more here. From Gigi Hamas. The worst movie I have ever seen. There are many cruel and violent scenes I cannot even describe. I'm sorry. Did that start with the worst movie I've ever seen? The worst movie I ever seen. I ever seen. Okay. There are many cruel and violent scenes. Scenes is spelled S-E-E-N-S. -E -E okay. Cannot even describe. Uh, clearly. <laughs> well, I can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah, so that's the uh, IMDb review. Dang. Um, that, that's just a bit of fun. They're the worst. They're the one out of ten reviews. The ten out of ten reviews aren't as interesting as the bad ones, right? So uh, I always go for those. So um, extras on Overlord. There are some extras, actually. Um, we thought there was only one extra when we turned it on. But we were wrong. Yeah. There's actually more than one extra on this Blu-ray. It's actually a full, like a making-of documentary that's split into a bunch of parts. And I think it lasts about an hour. So when you click the thing and it says there's just one extra, don't think it's two minutes of a thing. It's actually a whole hour. They explain everything about the making of this movie. J.J. Abrams is interviewed, the director, all the actors. It's really good. It's the kind of extra I like on a movie. And we watch the whole thing. So there you go. So um, thanks to so uh, No, not thanks to Sony. Thanks to Sony anyway, because even though Sony had nothing to do with this movie. But thanks to them <laughs> for making the PlayStation and that sort of stuff. But thanks to Paramount for giving us a copy of this for review. And next week's Blu-ray review will be Sylvester Stallone and Michael B. Jordan in... What is it? What is it? Sylvester Stallone and Michael B. Jordan in... Rocky 17? Creed 2. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're looking at that next week. Movie recommendations. I am going... Every week we, we recommend some movies. I'm recommending movies based on Overlord... Number one would be The Thing. I didn't mention the score in this movie is is very much like The Thing. It's that John Carpenter. Dum, 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 mm -hmm. dum, yeah. All the time I kept thinking, hey, that's The Thing. Funny that um, 
we didn't know, but um, Kurt Russell's son was the leader of this. And, yeah. you know, it was another one of those type of movies. The Thing is an awesome movie. It doesn't get old for me. They did a remake, not a remake. It was kind of a remake and also a sequel. That wasn't as good, but the original Thing, awesome. And on the J.J. Abrams tip, Super 8, which is another, like 10 Cloverfield Lane, it's not what you expect exactly. And when it feels more like something else when it starts, uh, and I really like it, Super 8. I think it's um, like one of J.J. Abrams' ones that people don't think about. I think they think about Star Trek and Star Wars, but Super 8's really good. So what are your uh, recommendations? My recommendations, one of them was going to be Super 8, but then I had to change it because I saw what yours are. And so I changed to movies that have that unexpected thing. When you're just kind of watching along and you're not quite sure what's going on. And then you're like, whoa. And Raw is one of them. It's like an independent. Um, I won't tell you anything about it. It's just called Raw. It was on Netflix when I watched oh, it last year. Oh, yeah, that year. one. You know, is it they, French? Um, I don't remember, to be honest. It was subtitled. I don't remember what language it was in. Um, it's a French. It's just, it's really like, oh, you know. You're like, what is going on here? And then you find out and you're, bl- I was like. I'm in. I'm in. And then the other one's Pitch Black. Because Pitch Black also doesn't really, you know, Vin Diesel. Yeah, I know it. They're just, they're going along. You're like, oh, we're out in space and it's the future, obviously, because we're going from planet to planet or whatever. Ragtag group of people, boom, crash on a planet. And then, oh, oh, this isn't just survival in space. So that was, I loved Pitch Black. Riddick. That's the beginning of Riddick. So if you've ever seen a Riddick movie, but you didn't see the origin story, well, I guess Pitch Black isn't the origin story. No. Um, No, Pitch Black is the original, right? The game was the origin story, wasn't it? There was a game. Pitch Black is the first movie, but it doesn't tell you the story of Riddick and why he went to prison. Chronicles of Riddick is the second movie. And, and one the, of them tells you his backstory. Then the third movie, which I liked a lot, that third one, called just called Riddick. That was pretty good. All right. So um, games, I've been playing The Division 2 by Ubisoft. I'm really enjoying it. It's a loot shooter, kind of like Destiny, but more, it's not a sci-fi. It's a, um, you know, grounded military kind of shooter. I've been playing some with my friend this week, like where you can have like a team up thing. Go around, do missions. Basically boils down to like you're shooting a load of enemies and then you uh, they drop loot and maybe you'll get some better stuff than you've got and eventually you will level up and you will have all the best stuff. Uh, if you've played The Division 1, it's very similar. It just takes place in DC instead of uh, New York. So that kind of brings with it some different stuff. I um, like it. It's uh, There's a lot to do in it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I played like 21 hours this week of it, and I feel like I barely scratched the surface. So if you want like your money's worth in, and you like this type of game, it's a good pickup. Uh, the other one I played a tiny little bit of is Sekiro. It's a uh, it's from the people who made Dark Souls, so it's very very difficult. But it's a instead of Dark Souls is like a dungeon crawling type thing. This one's your samurai, and it takes place in feudal Japan, and you're stealthing, and you're attacking people. And it's like the big hook of this game is it's super difficult. So even killing one guy is like a struggle. So it's like for masochists, I would say. Remember uh, my friend Jamin, who's left us, actually? uh, Rest in peace. He loved anything that was like super hard. And it just punished him. I don't know why, but he, he was he would commit. He was hardcore. He was very hardcore. So uh, Sekiro, I don't know how far I'll get into it because it is very difficult. But uh, you know, you never know. So what's for dinner tonight? Tonight I'm going to make some. It's going to be like spaghetti noodles, which you always make fun of me for saying, but that's what we called them when I was a kid: spaghetti noodles and some leftover corn, which is like a. Vegetable-based fake chicken, because we're vegetarian. And if you're vegetarian and you hate people saying fake chicken, well, then ignore me. I don't care. Um, But I'm going to put that in there with some curry sauce, spaghetti noodles. How's that sound? Sounds really good. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> we should say we started watching. <laughs> it's really hard. I know YouTube is like endless, endless supply. Well, it's, it, it's got a finite number of videos, of course, but I get stuck in a rut with the ones I watch every day. And I think, oh, I can never find anybody that's got enough videos and is interesting every time. And I like things that teach me something. You know, I don't want to just sit and watch dumb stuff. But then you found Safia. Is that her name? Safia. Sal. No. S-A-Y-F-I-A. Safia. He calls her his Safia wife. Safia Nygaard. Right. right. And she just does like, I don't know, makeup and buys things on the internet. Fashion. Everything is about her buying something on the internet that's like a trend, and then she does some, just shows you what she's done with it. And the thing is, we have learned from her, because like, I don't do makeup, really, or hair. I'm really into the whole fashion. Did you learn a bunch of makeup Currently, I'm wearing a shirt that has a hole so big, you could put your head in it right here in the side, and lots of holes. I'm not a fashion person. But what I learned from her are like all these things, how women put on a whole face of makeup, and all that kind of stuff. So, and she's really fun, so... And I don't give a shit about makeup. And she does and things like fashion. "hello" or "all right." But she's just funny. Like she is. I find of I find the um, like she doesn't give a crap. Like she'll wear the weirdest shit and it just walk like around it. in public. Like, yeah. <laughs> remember the um, there's one in particular where she wears. She found on the internet a swimming costume that is like a man's hairy chest. Yeah. <laughs> they print on it. It makes you look like you're a man with a hairy chest. Now, American people, we don't call it a swimming costume. We call it a swimsuit. Just oh, okay. so if you're if anyone's confused. Yeah, so that and she just wanders around the beach with it on with I'm not talking a beach with like two people on. I'm talking like a crowded Yeah, and she's beach. not afraid to not have her makeup on <laughs> and look just, you know, raw, basically. So I like her. So if we if I do things like all right. That's kind of how, where I got that. I'm copying off of her. Yeah. So she, you need to pay her some money for that. <laughs> I don't uh, think so she invented the word all right. What's your advice? My advice isn't really advice. It's just a comment. Because I, I can be quite severe um, about people's behaviors and ideas and the way they try to put down other people for their ideas, and I am guilty of it as well. And so really the the thing is putting someone else down, like pushing them down in the mud, doesn't do anything. It doesn't lift you up. I mean, if anything else, you just end up like, you know, if you're talking about physics and a real mud pot and you push somebody down in the mud to make yourself lift yourself up and feel better, you're just going to end up sinking down in the mud too. Like it's an endless pit of mud. And you're no better. You're, all you're trying to do is make that person smaller, less intelligent, have thus value to their life. Whatever it is that you think you disagree with that person. I'm just talking about ideas here, not people who have done horrible, violent things. I couldn't give a shit what happens to them. That's one of those things that I haven't resolved yet, how to accept people who have done horrible things. I'm talking about someone who disagrees with you. Or someone that you find ridiculous. If they have a pierced nose or a tattoo on their face or they have a political idea you don't like or they're an atheist and you're a Christian or they're a Muslim and you're a Buddhist and you don't like it. Buddhists might not insult anyone. I don't know how that works, but you get the idea. <laughs> <laughs> you get the idea that putting them down because they're not like you or because you've been brainwashed slash taught or you've gathered the information you've gathered and decided they're less than you and you want to push them down because it makes you feel good about yourself or make you feel smarter or more right or like you figured out this whole fucking universe because you haven't it just doesn't work that way it doesn't lift you up it's well said talk that's very rude i know that's what i'm saying <laughs> that's how i roll <laughs> all right so um is that it? Have you got That's it. something? All right. No, no advice there, really. So you can go to ascully.com. Um, if you're a podcast listener, you can check us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on Google Play, iTunes, TuneIn, YouTube, or go to ascully.com, click on the word podcast. You can subscribe. We've also got a new contest for US listeners, and you can win a copy of M. Night Shyamalan's Glass, which is an upcoming movie that we'll be reviewing. But we also have a copy for giveaway. So I'm really proud of you because you didn't say what you normally say. M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong. <laughs>
That's I didn't say it. <laughs> you didn't. But no, I've I've pulled it. Now out I didn't. You. Know. <laughs> you just made me say it. So yeah, you can win a copy of Glass, which is the third installment of the Unbreakable trilogy, um, and we will be reviewing it when it comes out in a few weeks. So um, yeah, did you enjoy um, Unbreakable and Split? Um, Split less than Unbreakable. I really liked Unbreakable. You know how, how much I love the ending of Split, though. Yeah, I do. But you didn't get it because you didn't know the music. I didn't, I got it when he said it. Yeah, I but saw no, it. you didn't get it like as like like. Are you putting me down to make yourself feel better yeah. about yourself? See, see, it doesn't work. No. Um. Anyway, <laughs> what I'm saying is, I really know that music very well because I've got the soundtrack for Unbreakable, and uh, the music for Unbreakable started, and I was like. Whoa, hold on. But you, you still didn't know anything and until you they showed to me and said, Are we spoiling what? this, actually? You said to me, what? Because <laughs> when I heard the music, I said, oh, I see. And you said, what? And then you had to wait for the very ending to find out what happened. But I'd already knew just from the music. Aren't you clever? Yes. Aren't you proud of yourself for making me, making me look like I know less about movies? See? My theory at work. So, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you didn't like Split as much? Not as much as you. It was fine. Um, it had its like melodramatic, but you know, so did Unbreakable. I like um, James McAvoy's performance in Split. Yeah, it's pretty I mean, it borderlined occasionally on very acting schoolish or like um, stage y to me. Yeah, but I mean, I I'm of... just saying that's my perception. All right, so yeah, we will review Glass soon. Um, and you can catch Sid Talk on Instagram. Email feedback to me at aschoolyaschoolyacoolyacoolyacoolyacoolyacoolyacoolyacoolyacoolyacoolyacoolyacoolyacoolyacoolyacoolyacoolyacoolyacoolyacoolyacoolyacoolyacoolyacoolyaco